After three years of work, our follow-up to the Meat Eater Fish and Game Cookbook is here. It's the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, campfire, and camp stove. Here is your book for everything that's best cooked or eaten outside, from grilling to open fire cooking to Dutch ovens to smokers to barbecue to backpacking meals to how to pull off the perfect fish fry with pit stops along the way for lessons about Ice Age cooking methods and the best five ways to construct a cooking fire you can be proud of. And of course, we're focusing on wild game and fish here with over 100 recipes, including stuffed venison burgers three ways, wild duck with ahi verde sauce, a jerky made with cola, a gin and tonic made with fire charred lemons, and grilled frog legs made with a sticky sweet sauce. This ain't your normal cookbook, so be prepared to be surprised. Get your copy now. For more info, visit TheMeatEater.com or buy it wherever books are sold. I'm Eric. And I'm Michael. And this is Whitetail Bums. Welcome back to Whitetail Bums, everyone. I'm Eric. And I'm Michael Stoll. I can't believe we're actually doing a second one of these. I know. I can't believe they let us. I know. <laughs> but uh, you're also David, Jamichael. Camera. Jo- some. Oh, camera. <laughs> camera, gonna, yeah. some might tell me. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about that. You just got back from uh, South Dakota, right? Yep, South Dakota. And... The land of the cold. Let me tell you, everybody. I'm from Ohio, so I'm pretty used to the cold, but KC, KC Smith, the Texan himself. I mean, I'm not sure if there is a more Texan human being than KC. He, uh, he does not like the cold <laughs> quite as much, I learned. How did you like it? I mean, listen, it was pretty cold. It's not like, it's not like Ohio. Like, we're yeah. a lot more north there, and the wind is horrible. Yeah, I bet. What did, uh, what did you wear? What, uh... Did you bring so, solitudes or pretty much I wore for my pants, literally corrugate foundry and then solitude bibs. Was it I, enough? It was enough for yeah. sure. My, I feel like I wore, I like run a little, like I'm fine with the cold. Yeah. I'm fine being a little cold. I'd rather be cold than hot. Let's just say it like that. Mm-hmm. But for the top, I went kiln, furnace hoodie, solitude, and it seemed to be the right move just huh? enough now I it, mean, it snowed while you guys were up there right it did it i mean it was kind of flurries but there was one one or two times it it started coming really? down <laughs> and when you want to talk about easy to film in i mean everything Dude. just looks majestic yeah, in the snow i love filming in the snow it's cool we don't get the opportunity to do it much but every time i do it i have more fun than the last yeah it's awesome well greg's not here he is hunting down at his property yeah, and he had seeing a, monsters. Yeah, he had a pretty good encounter. It was a dude wet. that deer's base, like his bases, come up like a good four inches yeah. until the main beam starts. It's Ty- impressive. Tyler said the good word. He said that deer looks hideous. And yeah, that hideous. is pretty much what that is. Which, speaking of hideous looking <laughs> deer, I last week was filming Hunter Dickens on a rifle hunt, and you you guys will. I'm sure this will come out tomorrow. And maybe the post will come out tomorrow. 
Oh, the Hunter so, Dickens yeah. post. HTH. You guys can see some uh, hideous looking stuff coming this week. If people liked the HTH hat, just <laughs> wait until they see the second it, version. It yeah. is ridiculous looking. I tried, like, it reminds me of something, but I can't think. It reminds of me of like a, like a witch. Yeah, that's what I think too, but. <laughs> and it's know, fitting because last week was Halloween, so. Yeah, I think there's a character on A Night Before Christmas or something like that. That old Dude, I Halloween have no movie. idea what you're talking about. It's an old Halloween movie. I think there's a character on there that it reminds me of. But um, let's see. You hunted up there in South Dakota with Casey, right? I did. Yeah. We, uh, so Casey, back in September or er, October, late or er, early October, he had found a spot, which I'm not going to go too deep into his stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to go too deep in because I'm sure they'll talk about it on the yeah, Element yeah. podcast. So I'll just preface this with this. It was found in early October. And apparently with the cold front coming in, KC was like, I just can't let this tag get away from me. Yeah. I can't eat this tag knowing what he found out. So last week we took a real short trip up to South Dakota, which – if anybody knows where in the country we are right now, we're in Texas. Mm-hmm. South Dakota is one state away from Canada. <laughs> so it's like a 17-hour drive up there. But we took advantage of the cold front, and there was one property Casey really had his eyes on. And other than that, he was there was a buck that you guys saw in the headlights. I think you were with him. Yeah. You saw in the headlights that he was like, pretty much if any buck other than that buck comes in, you can shoot a Michael. And I was like, <laughs> okay, except which, for on one property, which is the one he wanted to yeah. have success on. If you want to see that buck, it is at the end of, uh, there's a video we just released, uh, last week or two weeks ago where it has Chris Webb, uh, shooting a public land buck in. I think the title is time is ticking. Time is, so, uh, that's, that's the it. thumb. It's, uh, Oh yeah, you're right. I thought I had more time or yeah, something like that. It. I thought I had more time. Go and watch that if you want to see this buck. But anyway, on that specific property, he was like, any other deer, you can shoot. So the first morning, we, if you can believe it, are running behind. Like, we're <laughs> we're running behind. What you, what do you want to say? Sun up. Um, listen, it was cloudy. Okay, <laughs> so we can discuss whether it was up or not. It doesn't matter. The... Uh, First morning, we're real disorganized, so we have to like kind of ditch our first plan, which is to go way back into the place KC wants to hunt. And instead, we go to the, a property relatively close to where we were staying and just kind of hang in a spot that Tyler had had success. You've hunted at it, at it in early October, mm-hmm. and we kind of, you know changed our plan a little bit in there just based on the wind and set up and immediately... Like, the sun's up, okay? I'm, I'm going to spoil it. The sun's <laughs> up. It's, like, legal shooting, and I'm, like, getting – my bag is coming up the tree, and I, like, hear footsteps. So I look up, and there's just a spike looking at me at, like, <laughs> 20 yards. So I'm like, oh, that is not good. We are not even close to set up. I have my GoPro in my bino harness, so I, like, pull it out, and I give it to Casey, like, film this. Like, so we have something. Yeah. Because the worst thing when you're the camera guy is, like, mm-hmm. not being set up, and a deer comes in. Yep. And so I'm kind of like, this deer's at 20 yards. 
So I'm trying to like slowly get my camera arm out and slowly ratchet it on. It stuff's falling and it's like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Me and Casey did that last year in Colorado. We were setting up and there's a, I think it was a spike like chasing a doe around as we were setting up. Yeah. So as this is all going on, I'm like, I keep my eyes up to where we think the deer are like coming from. And I see like four or five deer out there. Never can put binos on them because I'm trying to get set up and do everything like that so these deer this deer like runs away and i hear stuff cracking coming through the willows mm-hmm. and i'm like oh here we go and nope just another little forky mm-hmm. comes right by so we're kind of they eventually work down when smell us a little bit kind of just bound off they were dumb they were dumb deer for whatever reason <laughs> those are they, the ones i like shooting yeah <laughs> seriously if they were a little bigger i would have thought about it so we finally get situated and we both have bows in the tree at this point. Cause you know, something spooky could pop mm-hmm. out. It's like October 29th at this point, they're starting to do the thing. And we finally get like set up and I put binos on up on the deer, just see a couple does. And then Casey goes buck buck. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, Cephas. Cause the way he <laughs> said it, it's like, Oh, this is going to be a shooter for yeah. him, which there's two different standards. But he said, nice buck, you're going to shoot this deer. Because it was following the same exact path that, that the the uh, deer that just came by followed. And so we're sitting there, and I'm like, I'm clipped on. KC's behind the camera at this point. We did a bunch of gymnastics to get there. <laughs> and this deer, like, we think is coming down the trail. And we hear twigs cracking, and it's like, oh, it's about to happen. Like, mm. This is first sit. We're late to the tree. Mm. I'm like, I'm about to get some of this KC Providence <laughs> right now. And out pops a doe. And it's like, what? Where did this <laughs> even come from? So then they, she just kind of feeds out, looks up at us. And she's at like seven yards when she looks up. And I'm like, okay, well, if a buck does that, yeah. I'm ripping him. Mm. So she eventually feeds off. And like, we're sitting there for the next hour just like ready for it to happen never happens Mm. he just evaded us sometime somehow that buck footage you showed me where there's like multiple bucks was that that hunt or no so then the next day we go into kc's spot see a couple deer i want to vomit just thinking about (laughs) and next morning we're like okay it's hard to get back there it's like 10 degrees with the wind chill and we're like, okay, so we're going to give ourselves a break. And then, cause we knew we had at least two more days. So it was like, we'll go back in after we get rested up. And so we go back to the same property. We just had that encounter with the buck in the morning before we went back. And I thought we were going to kill. We had just like watched a buck do a thing. And this morning we were going in to kill. And sure enough, we get set up late again we get we kind of bust a couple does getting in there and you know they see us but we get set up spike works through at like three yards we're like okay then the does come through at like probably 50 and it's like well well i don't really want to shoot 50 so hopefully he doesn't do that and sure enough here come the bucks at right as the sun is coming over the hills like probably 20 minutes after sunset just because the or sunrise just because the hills are up there but just peeking over and kc sees bucks coming down the lane 
and they eventually just work at 90 yards right down yep. right down the grass it's crazy of the how marsh. smart they are yeah <laughs> and just jay hook right into a bedding area and it's like did you at least see where they bedded we didn't see where they bedded but where they went in it's like they're gonna bed in a yeah i don't know 20 acre place i was looking at that spot in early october and noticed a lot of trails going through that cattail stuff that I'm yeah. assuming they went into. Yeah, they just hooked right into I mean, it's plain as day when you yeah. walk down there. You can see the lane that they went into. Mm. But anyway, we feel real good because we know where they're going to bed. We got a wind switch midday, so we think we can move in on the line that they're going to take to go back up onto the cornfield that they were coming from the, that morning. Mm-hmm. So we get set up. Dude, I have never been more cold in my life <laughs> in this tree. It was like 35. or it, That day it actually got up to like 45. So I Was, was that like, the day it was windy? Yeah. yeah. I was like, it got up to 45. I was like, oh, this is, this is nothing. We'll just go kiln, furnace, source. Ooh, wasn't enough. You didn't have any Dude, wind blocking. No, no. I didn't even think about it. And so by the time sunset, I was like cold, like, like, oh my goodness. I can't think of anything else other than the cold and the deer weren't moving. We literally just were in the middle of a blackbird swarm. So it's just like (laughs) birds tweeting all around you, wind hitting you. And it's just like, what is happening? Just over stimulation station. And eventually it's like 10 minutes till the end of shooting light. And I just see a black blob go across the field. And I'm like, I turn to KC and I'm like, I saw a deer. And KC, if KC doesn't see a deer. He doesn't he, believe you. He doesn't believe you. <laughs> like, I kind of learned that. He's yeah. like, really? Like, are you sure it was a deer? And I was like, yeah, dude, it was running. <laughs> and <laughs> like, this isn't a bush. It, this thing was running. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to grab my bow. Like, I'm at this point, I'm not getting surprised. The tree line we're sitting on is the one they came. The trail they came by was five yards underneath the mm. tree. Spooky. So it's like, I'm not going to get surprised this, this late. And sure enough, here he comes, runs up the hill, just gets to 50 and like kind of stops like halfway up the hill to look around. I get the grunt call out, grunt at him and dude, this thing turns and just like postures. Mm. And it's like, KC even says, you can hear it in the, in the video. He's like, he's coming. <laughs> like we thought he was about to come to the base of the tree. I bet you're freaking out, dude. Just wait. He, so he turns and runs over the hill, and I'm telling you, like, like I start convulsing. Like, I'm shaking because of a mixture of the cold and yeah. just straight adrenaline. And I was freaking out, dude. But he uh, he never wanted to play the game. Man. Last light, too. Yeah, I'm not – I mean, 50, like, is – I don't want to shoot 50 yeah. at all. And especially, especially on, on a frontal. And it's and a, windy. And last light, and it's super windy. It's yeah. like, I'm not I'm not going to take that shot. But and you did get a shot. I did. I did get a shot. The A uh, few days later or what? Yeah, so KC killed on October 31st. Or he shot on October 31st. Ooh, cat's out of the bag on that. He, <laughs> he but if killed, you've seen the Instagram post, yeah, then people know this is the buck he's talking he, about. He uh, killed the following day, which you're gonna have to go to the actual Element podcast to listen to that story. And so the following morning, 
we go to go back in the same spot. And that night, we had pictures of, like, Mondos mm. coming in. Like, deer would drop tines, like, all this stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm about to I'm about <laughs> to kill a monster. And it's like, okay. So, we finally, like, we get out there. We're getting out early this time, and there's a guy in the parking lot. So, it's like, well, I can go up to this guy, ask him where he's going to hunt, and try to hunt around him. But it's probably going to take up some time mm-hmm. and he could just be going to the same spot. So instead of doing that, we quickly bounce out, go around to a different place and like just try to get into a bedding area. Like that's all we try to do. Cause we know it's November 2nd at this time. Like we know they're starting to do the thing. So we get set up in the bedding area and like right off the bat, a doe comes running by and it's like, okay, this is going to be a good, this is going to be a good morning. But we uh, we don't really see much until probably about 10 o'clock a doe comes in, like, beds down. So it wasn't a good morning until later. Yeah, but we thought right off the yeah. bat. We thought right off the bat it was going to be was it real wind, good. Was it windy this day? Uh-uh. Huh. It was a lot more calm. It was probably, like, 10-mile-an-hour winds yeah. at the end of our sit. But we... So we have a deer come by at like 10 and she's working the trail. I mean, I got a trail where she's going to pop out at like 30 and she's going to have no idea we're in the world. And she beds down at like 45 through a bunch of brush. (laughs) So it's like, and we have to be out of the hotel at 11. Oh yeah. Like it's a leaving day. Yeah. So we're sitting there and it's like, I don't know what to do. And we get to the point where it's like, okay, at 11, we're going to grunt at her and Whatever her reaction is, we're going to live with. Yeah. And it gets to about 1045 and some hen pheasants come out of the willows and just freak out. Just start barking. They see us and they fly out. Like they, they bust out, go right over her head and she like stands up and it's like, okay, well she's going to come right down the lane. She's facing that way. It's like, she's going to walk into the lane and she doesn't, she turns, walks away I go full draw and like she stops. She's probably at like 45 at this point and like I just I can't find a shot. And it's like, oh. <laughs> it's like I'm going to be sick because I really don't want to eat this tag. Yeah. Like it's an expensive tag and it would hurt to eat. So we sit there and it's like, okay. Well, we we're going to rattle before she came in, so I'm going to rattle now. And sure enough, she comes right really? back in on a line. Dang. And Casey's like, there's a doe like right behind you, 20 yards. And I'm like, okay, well, here we go. <laughs> so she's working in. And, like, we're in thick willows. Like, there yeah. are – your holes are tiny holes. And so I go and I Tools. draw on the <laughs> – get out of here. <laughs> she's, like, working into a hole perfectly. I draw and she stops. So I like, I seriously hold my draw for as long as I possibly can. And she finally like looks away and I let down. Oh. So at this point I'm already like, I'm pretty gassed after yeah. that. And I then, know about that. yeah. So she like goes and starts working back where she came from. So she's about to go into another gap. I go to pull my bow back, arm hits a limb. She sees it. She didn't see it. She heard it. She didn't hear it. Her, my arm hits the limb, and I'm just like, okay, well, I'm not going to sit here and try to fight it. I just let right back down. 
All the while, dude, you can see the bruise. I have rattling antlers between my legs. I had nowhere quick to put them, and she completely surprised us. <laughs> so I, she is working more and more left. I go to draw again. Same thing, except it like hangs on just the like the knuck of it. So I, I wait a couple more steps, and she finally like gets to where I can just like at that point I like pointed it out and like just ripped it back yeah because i was like she's in a big hole and i'm gonna shoot her so she's at probably 18 at this point so she's close and she like is taking a couple steps and like i said it's a calm morning so i really like i i didn't want to grunt stop her Mm -hmm. because that's how calm of a morning it was now looking back i probably would have taken a different approach but nevertheless we uh so she steps into the hole and her her leg is back uh-huh. and as soon as she goes like that and starts to step forward i like for some reason just let it rip and it was the wrong oh. decision because her momentum of her stepping forward just moved it to where the arrow hit now it hit lower than i wanted it to hit but it hit back because i shot her on the walk if i would have yeah. just stopped her Ugh. it would have been fine and so you guys got down, trailed her, and... We trailed her for a long ways, and she eventually went down into a creek bed that is, like, it's kind of splotchy with water. Mm-hmm. And we tracked blood as much as we could, checked every creek crossing, and couldn't find anything mm. leading up the hill. And so we pretty much just, at that point got down or just grid searched everything yeah like just grid searched as much as we could and couldn't find a thing and eventually just had to throw the towel in yeah that's unfortunate yeah it's real unfortunate but you can always learn from stuff like yeah. that yeah you and shoot four thousand arrows a day right dude i've been <laughs> the thing that's what is you said you're gonna do yesterday the thing is i'm shooting just fine back here yeah that's not the issue the issue is i think I'm going too quickly in the tree. Like, my brain is moving too quickly. Yeah, it's easy to do that. Like, Casey said right after I shot, it was like, well, you could have just let her take three more steps and she's in the absolute wide (laughs) open. But I'm trying to, like, find the smallest hole because we're in this willow thicket. And it's like, if you just take a step back out of the situation Uh and assess it better, we're always thinking they're just going to, like, get up and run away. Yeah. And so you're like, I got to shoot them now. Yeah. When in reality, it's like, just got to shoot them when they're in the best yeah. place. I was having similar thoughts last week when, so if you're a hunter, you probably already know that a major cold front went across the whole country. So yeah. we were pretty much all hunting except Tyler. He was editing and just being a trooper. He had bad FOMO. Which Dude, he, kept te- <laughs> he kept texting us every morning. Like I'm thinking about y'all. I wish I was out there with yeah. you guys, which really so I went hunting one evening during the cold front and had a smaller buck come through and he like was not legal. He was smaller than my buck last year. So it's like, nope, not even going to try it. You mean not 13 inches wide? That yeah. is what you mean by yeah. illegal? Yes. So in East Texas, you, if you don't know, you have to shoot a deer that has 13 inch inside spread or else it is an illegal deer. So last year mine was right at 13, so I, I mean, basically right on the money. I basically base all my deer off of that. So Yeah, it's a good 
I mean, it's a good landmark for sure. You can just be like, as long as he's bigger than that deer, yeah, you're good. You're good. But I was supposed to film Tyler at his house the next morning, but I think like he had a lot going on. He was editing. So that evening when I was in the tree, I was like, I texted him. I said, uh, are we for sure hunting in the morning? Because <laughs> if we don't, I'm coming back out here and leaving my sticks and uh, platform. And he was uh, very gracious enough to, he's like, well, if you want to hunt, go, go for it. I can do some editing. And so he was a trooper for that. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. Hey, Steve here. I want to talk about something crucial for any outdoor enthusiast, which is battery reliability. I've got interstate batteries powering my gear. I have interstate batteries in my camper. I run an interstate battery in my boats. I use interstate batteries because the last thing I want is to be left powerless. Interstate batteries isn't just another battery company. They are outrageously dependable. In Alaska, the boat dealer that we use for getting stuff and repairs, he uses interstate whether you're gearing up for hunting season, planning your next RV trip, or getting your boat ready, Interstate has the battery for all your needs. With over 150,000 dealer locations, the power you need is always nearby. Interstate batteries aren't just about power. It's about being prepared for any situation. Don't let a dead battery ruin your adventure. Head over to interstatebatteries.com, use their store locator, and equip yourself with a battery that won't let you down. When you're out in the wild or just on your daily commute, an interstate battery is your key to a dependable journey. After three years of work, our follow-up to the Meat Eater Fish and Game Cookbook is here. It's the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, campfire, and camp stove. Here is your book for everything that's best cooked or eaten outside, from grilling to open fire cooking to Dutch ovens to smokers to barbecue to backpacking meals to how to pull off the perfect fish fry with pit stops along the way for lessons about Ice Age cooking methods and the best five ways to construct a cooking fire you can be proud of. And of course, we're focusing on wild game and fish here with over 100 recipes, including stuffed venison burgers three ways, wild duck with ahi verde sauce, a jerky made with cola, a gin and tonic made with fire charred lemons, and grilled frog legs made with a sticky sweet sauce. This ain't your normal cookbook, so be prepared to be surprised. Get your copy now. For more info, visit TheMeatEater.com or buy it wherever books are sold. And I think it gave him uh, FOMO because the next Mm -hmm. morning 
I got set up, and it felt like the morning I killed my first buck. Like, mm, that's spooky. Things were just happening all around me in every direction. Like, it was weird. But So was it like chasing happening, yeah, or was chasing. it like there's, did, were you hearing grunts and stuff? Well, I'll, I'll get to, oh, I'll get to that later. I didn't hear any grunts, but early in the morning, um, I'm set up. Pretty much the same setup as I shot my first buck last same year. Same tree? No, I was like 10 yards closer to where the trail camera is. Gotcha. Um, but it's probably like 8, 8.30. There, we've had a lot of rain here in East Texas, so things are flooded right now. And there's a little washout. So I'm in a saddle facing the washout. I'm a lefty, so... Um, just think of everything you guys probably know and just do it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there and I hear something walking through the water and like before I, and it's to my left, my 10 o'clock pretty much. And I knew it was a deer right away. Cause just by the sound of it mm-hmm. walking through water and I turned and looked and I told Tyler this yesterday. It's, I don't know if it's cause for so long I only saw does and spike, uh, or like forks. But when you see a mature buck, it's like, that's a different animal. Oh, yeah. They walk different. They, like, carry themselves different. That's what I notice out in, like, open country is, like, you can tell a difference with your naked eye. (laughs) And so, like, I see this buck just coming up. He's probably within 30 yards walking my way. And I don't even have to like think if he's 13 inches. I'm like, mm, oh crap, this is a good. shooter. <laughs> that's and he's a good walking feeling. right at me, and he's gonna go come into the lane I'm set up for. So I get my GoPro on, and I get the the main camera all situated. Mm. And then about that time, I I think I got my hand on my bow, and about that time he's get he's like he's within 10 yards, so I can't move much more. Golly, dude. And he gets to, I mean not even five yards a bit and just stops. And I'm assuming I was skyline from his point of view. Cause he just saw a blob and looked up. It is but definitely it, tough not it, to be when you're, when he's that close. And I was, I was probably 10, 10 or 11 feet off the ground. And I remember the evening before I wanted to be higher, mm-hmm. but the wow. trail I was shooting to, I wouldn't have had shots if I was mm. higher. It's but, very tough in East Texas yeah. to have shots high in a tree. Yeah, it is just thick brush everywhere. It is just a tangly mess. But this buck looks up at me, and he sees me, and he's like, knows it's not natural. But then he kind of like looks around, looks back up at me, and never gets real freaked out. But he still does that like half turn. Like he up. knows something's yeah, up. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. Did a half turn. And starts walking away, and I get the camera on him, and I was going to shoot him if he gave me a shot, but it was so thick, there was just no shot. And he crosses the washout, and then heads uh, to my right. He's now at, like, 12 o'clock, heading right at, like, 50, 60 yards, and there's still no shot. But just let it eat. <laughs> <laughs> if, if there was any kind of opening, I may have thought about it. Golly. But, um, I grunted at him. And that ticked him off because he stopped and, like, thrashed on a bush for a few minutes. Really? Thrashed on a bush, just looked around, and then slowly just walked out of my life. And I was like, golly. Mm. So do you, do you think they're doing the thing, or are they still Well, they that? were. Right now, I don't know. But 
during this cold front, they definitely were. I mean, interesting. The Moultrie cell cams were just lighting up. Yeah, it was weird because mornings it seemed to be really good, and then evenings seemed yeah. kind of dull. That's kind of like me and KC yep. would sit there in the room and be like, "There hasn't been a picture in forty-five minutes," mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of cameras out. I mean, we're running a fleet. I thought the same thing. That mornings was where is that? Which is weird. Um, but then I had like a few does walk like. Like I said, I had deer come from every direction around me. I had a few does, and then I had a fork come through, mm. and it gave me a great shot, but obviously it was a fork, so it's not legal. And then Dude. a doe kind of like came in quick after it and was not really trotting, but walking quickly the same trail this fork did. And so immediately I thought, I was like, there's a buck pushing these mm-hmm. deer. And so I looked back, and about that time I see a – pretty big deer i don't know what it is i just know it was bigger than that doe and fork i just saw Golly. and so i just start grabbing and then it's this deer is probably at my if i'm look if you're looking at the tree i'm tethered into i'm a lefty it was at my four o'clock so there and like right so, where you're trying to shoot uh a little behind though okay and so i start getting the camera ready and i grab my bow and as I'm doing this, like, he's pushing that doe. Mm-hmm. And I start getting everything ready, and he starts trotting, trying to catch back up with that doe. Yep. And so now he's, like, starting to come towards my 6 o'clock. And I quickly get the camera over there. And about the time he's at my 6 o'clock, he's at, like, 10 yards. Golly. And I came in quick. Getting on you quick. Yeah. And I'm self-filming, so it's not the easiest, but I – like, I stop him there, and then I just get ready to try to draw. And mm-hmm. he obviously sees my bow moving around and, like, spooked out. And he may have caught some of my wind, too, because it was blowing down that way. And he spooked out. And I think he was bigger than the first buck. Like He's a big deer. He was wider. And, I'm like, when I saw this buck first, I thought at one side was a spike. Mm. And it was, like, tall as Greg's deer last year. Dang. The buck he shot on the same day I shot my first one. It's weird. It was tall and wide, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Dude, <laughs> I don't know. That first deer is a large I know, animal. but this, I'm I'm telling you, this one was bigger. And so that happens, and I'm just like, man. I'm think, sure you were so happy right <laughs> I there. don't think I'm going to get another opportunity to do this. Um, But yesterday morning, let's see, yesterday morning? Hmm. No. When did you get back? Yesterday. No. Two days ago. Okay, so it was two mornings ago. Uh, me and Tyler went back out there, and I filmed Tyler. And he rattled in a pretty decent buck, but it was just barely not legal. It was like 12 Dude, it's, and a half. it's probably. one of those deers. <laughs> you like look at it, and you're trying so hard to just make those antlers yeah. go past the tips of the ears. But, I mean, this spot was on fire during that cold front. Yep. But – Man, self-filming is tough, and that's kind of what this episode is about. I know we told you all about what we've been doing, but this podcast is about self-filming and some tips on self-filming if you're uh, out there trying to film your own hunts. Yeah, I don't I don't know how many people actually do self-film, but I bet there's a bunch of dudes that like would like to. Yeah. Not even if you're trying to make – you might not even be trying to make a YouTube channel yeah, video, I, like, but – People film just to do it and like have a video. So yeah, dude. If you're 
notice that there's a lot going on when you're self-filming and then a buck runs in and it's like how do you manage it all and what i learned this past week is just like what you were just saying with your dough is to just like take a step back and slow down Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that first buck like i didn't have to try to grab my bow and try to shoot him like right there at five yards like i should have got everything ready and like i don't know if he saw me move or not but i should have got everything ready and just be as still as i could be and let him walk through Mm -hmm. and then grab my bow then i can get the just camera as it needs to be um and then i would have had a shot like but I don't like I said I don't know if he saw me move or not. And then in South Dakota this past year, just a, like a month ago, you, that was in that. Uh, um, I thought I had more time video mm-hmm. based was, on the title, or the that, title based on that. It. I was so worried about trying to get the camera perfect and zooming yeah. in. Like I You're thought not- I literally thought I had more time because the doe went to feed there, and I thought the buck was going to do the same thing, but. Man, just get the camera on him, and like in that situation, I should have just got the camera on him, pulled back, and ripped because yeah. he was at eighteen. And I mean, you can post edit. You can exactly like, with our type, like the cameras that we have, especially. But honestly, at this point, any camera aside for like or aside from like a iPhone, like you can't really zoom too much on an iPhone. Yeah, but like in post, you, you can not even post. In. You can crop in yeah. a video on any. I mean, any modern camera pretty mm-hmm. much. And I think I got in trouble with this last year at the same property that you've been having all these encounters on where I'm like trying to get the perfect angle like I'm the camera guy. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's like, well, you can kind of, you know, you can kind of do that in post. Mm-hmm. Like you can crop and frame them upright all in post. You just need to get yeah. the shot on and film. having two angles definitely helps. Oh my goodness! GoPros are very handy just to for a second especially angle. in the hecticness yeah. of a big buck coming in. Like Dude. you're jerking that camera around, you're like freaking out. You're trying to get it on the deer, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you like if you only have one angle there, it's just going to be like yeah, jumbling people's heads, and it's like that's not. And with the GoPro, like people can see why the cameras just ju- like fumbling around, exactly. and shaky. Like they're like, oh, you're trying. They can to also kind of get a sense of like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's coming, it's happening right now. <laughs> and if you're someone out there who has a GoPro, the white batteries are what you need because they do well in the cold and they last. I mean, you can turn that on. We've done some podcasts with them. Let's just say that, like. Just random, and they lasted for over an hour. Yeah, I uh, I definitely gained an appreciation for those white batteries in the cold. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had it happen, but I had cold battery mode. Oh, in come South on, Dakota? in South Dakota, <laughs> it literally the screen wouldn't pop up or anything, but oh. the red dot was beeping or it was like flashing. So I was like, "Is this recording or what?" And I like actually turn it on. And it just says cold battery mode enabled yeah. happens when batteries below zero degrees. Mm, it's yeah. like, what? You gotta love it. That's why you keep a bunch of extras in your pocket being just. No, but what I was going to say is, dude, I would charge it midday when we went far back. And other than that, it was good. And yeah. I mean, it was getting to like 40%, but it was not dying. Yeah. They're pretty dang handy. It's awesome. But um, there's something else. I was going to say about the self-filming, but... I, I think I think 
something that can help a self filmer is dialing your setup. Oh like, yeah. You're trying to manage a bunch of gear. Yep. A bunch of gear. So the more efficient each movement can be in your setup or in like your packing, your organization of your pack, it's mm-hmm. like each one of those is gonna save you a whole bunch of headaches, yeah. one, and two, a whole bunch of time when you're getting in the tree when, you know, you're exhausted, you gotta drive to get to your property and yep. all that kind of stuff. So if you dial your setup, and I mean, that just goes for hunting too, but yeah. if you dial your setup, it is going to make your life so much easier. I pretty much have, when I'm self-filming, I pretty much have like the same setup always. Mm-hmm. And it's, if like where you place your camera arm, I always place it low. Yeah. That you way you can maneuver it below your uh, tethered and everything, and it's mm-hmm. out of the way. Um, always have the bow easy place to grab. And then my backpack's usually like on the other side of the, where the camera arm is, or I try to find trees where there's multiple like trunks Trunks. and that way, like I can put my backpack on another tree that's close by. Yeah. It's definitely tough in certain places to do that. So East Texas, East Texas (laughs) in particular, but the bag on the other side of the tree is for sure the move. Mm Mm-hmm. Again, just taking your time when you're self-filming and just taking a step back, like watch it unfold and like just don't freak out pretty much. And like they're not going to just run out of nowhere unless you're moving around and stuff. So Mm -hmm. just being still patient and letting everything unfold. Uh, Something that I'd never have really done, but I'm thinking about a lot more now after this South Dakota fiasco, you mm-hmm. could call it. Tyler's talked about it a lot, but it's like visualizing what's going to happen. Yeah. Visualize every outcome. And then, so when the outcome happens, yeah. you're not caught off guard. Which I do. I'm sure you do too, but for people may not do this out there is like when you're picking a tree, like mm-hmm. visualize like how it's going to go down. Yep. But it doesn't even, I mean, it doesn't even stop there. Yeah. Like when you're in the tree, I mean, you're, let's be honest here. There are some boring times sitting up in the tree. Mm-hmm. So you need something to take your mind off yeah. it instead of going on Twitter, you know, going on Instagram and seeing What's who Twitter? killed a giant buck. Oh, sorry. On X. <laughs> well, on <laughs> X. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Man, I lost my train of thought. But instead of doing that, instead of getting on social media, just like think about, hey, I have a shot here, but if he comes in fast, I might just want to get the camera over to here and be ready for this shot instead. And I think that would help a ton. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of big bucks hitting the ground across the country. I mean, like I forget what Tyler said when so Hunter called him after he shot his giant buck. And Tyler on the phone was like, the first thing he said was like, there is a lot of bucks hitting the ground. Yeah. Because he was, he had FOMO bad, like we said earlier. So yeah. there's a lot hitting the ground out there. And if you're looking to self film, you know, take the tips we gave you today and uh, go shoot a big one. Seriously, dude. Uh, you guys can go check out some of our uh, recent videos. We're pumping out a lot of videos right now. We're editing a bunch. So we got a lot of stuff coming out. I mean, Tyler just put out like four videos in the past two weeks, dude. He he's edited like six videos. He's like been getting <laughs> after it. Yep. So 
We are about to head to Kansas and then possibly Oklahoma right ooh, after. Ooh, but, ooh, uh, the land of the giants. Mm, I'm excited. Hopefully uh, we get a kill early and then I can make my biscuits and gravy again. Dang, dude. Get everybody <laughs> sick. Nope. Just that, getting absolutely everybody nope. sick. L- listen, only Casey and you are already sick, so mm, I don't care what you say. I don't know. I feel like I was over it by then. No. So only KC got sick. Tyler said he loved it. Greg said he loved it. He didn't get sick. Hey, they taste so. good, but usually that kind of stuff you kind of got to look out for. I don't know. I think it was all right. But uh, be sure to listen to the Element podcast this week with Tyler and KC as well. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time on the third episode of Whitetail Bones. See y'all. After three years of work, our follow-up to the Meat Eater Fish and Game Cookbook is here. It's the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, campfire, and camp stove. Here is your book for everything that's best cooked or eaten outside, from grilling to open fire cooking to Dutch ovens to smokers to barbecue to backpacking meals to how to pull off the perfect fish fry with pit stops along the way for lessons about Ice Age cooking methods and the best five ways to construct a cooking fire you can be proud of. And of course, we're focusing on wild game and fish here with over 100 recipes, including stuffed venison burgers three ways, wild duck with ahi verde sauce, a jerky made with cola, a gin and tonic made with fire charred lemons, and grilled frog legs made with a sticky sweet sauce. This ain't your normal cookbook, so be prepared to be surprised. Get your copy now. For more info, visit TheMeatEater.com or buy it wherever books are sold.